What's up and welcome back to another episode of Not A Normal Football Podcast. My name is Alex Dwyer and I'm joined with my good buddy Russell Zillman as always. This week we're going to be talking about some new contracts. There's some bigger names that are getting paid this week. And we've got some guys that remain unsigned, some franchise tags that have been signed. There's a lot more news than we're used to. And I'm looking forward to breaking some of this down. How you doing my friend? I'm doing real well today, Alex. It's uh, Russell, um, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good couple weeks since we last chatted about um, what about wide receivers or running backs or whatever we, whatever backs. we did. Yeah, running backs a couple weeks ago. It's been a couple, it's been a little bit since then, but it's been a good time. Um, I hope everybody out there is staying safe, um, doing their best to stay indoors if possible. I know things are opening back up, but social distancing should continue. You should wear your mask. You should do all of these things so we can get a football season in the coming months, which is something that's still up in the air. Um, in fact, just a couple hours ago, the NFL um, agreed with the NFL Players Association to not have uh, preseason games this year. So that's going to be a big change up. That's something that that was breaking news about an hour and a half ago. Oh, I didn't um, even see that. Yeah, so that, that, that just happened. Um, so we will not be having preseason games this year. They're finally starting to raw out a plan. So hopefully um, we can do something that works with COVID and the players and actually get to watch the football because we know all the players want to play. There just needs to be a plan in place so they can do it safely. And it looks like we're kind of heading in that direction, which has got me very excited and happy. Um, but today, like you said, Alex, I can't wait to jump into some of these contracts, some of these franchise tags that have uh, gone through in the last week or so since that deadline for signing of the tag and getting a or getting a long term deal done was last Wednesday and transition tags. That deadline is this Wednesday. So we're going to be hopping into those contracts. And I think we're going to we're going to we're going to start off with a big one here. And um, he's uh, you know, he's he's loved by this show, absolutely adored by this show. And that's that's the uh, the Alabama boy, the homegrown Tennessee boy, Derek Henry. Yes, um, sir. So he got he got paid, and um, I won't lie, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm happy we locked him up for four more years. Um, I'll, I'll dive into the quick specifics of his contract. So he had signed his franchise tag um, a while ago. He was set to make 10.278 million in 2020 under the franchise tag, but now he's set to make 50.5 million over the next four years, which evens out to around 12.5 a year. Um, his base salary for next year is going to be uh, $3 million, fully guaranteed base salary for 2020, and he gets a $12 million signing bonus. Um, and that's that, But that signing bonus is split out over this year and next season. So um, his cap hit for this season is only about $6 million, or it was going to be $10 million for the Titans. So it's nice that he, he's having a smaller cap hit, so maybe we can bring in I don't know, like a veteran pass rusher that uh, maybe oh, plays the Seahawks and the Texans. Maybe I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, physicals are getting going again. I don't know, that'd be kind of neat. But um, so that's that's what he's making um, in 2020. Then in 2021, he has a 10.5 million fully guaranteed base salary, and um, the rest of his um, signing bonus will be tacked on. And then in um, 20. And uh, 2022, he's making $12 million, and 2023, he's running out with 12.5. Um, both of those are able to be cut, or he's, he's able to be cut both those seasons with not too much of a penalty. It's about $3 million or 3 to $4 million in 2022, I believe, and less in 2023. 
Um, so if we do just run into the ground over the next two years, um, we'll be able to cut him in 2022 without much of a penalty. I don't want to do that. I would love to see him go down and he'd love to see him beat Eddie George for the most rushing yards in franchise history. Um, that, that'd be freaking awesome. But um, we'll see just the style of running back he is. Um, we're going to see how long he can sustain that. Um, hopefully a while, but we'll see. We've seen very recently that it's very iffy to pay running backs. You know, it's hard. We saw that with Todd Gurley. Uh, we saw it with David Johnson. Um, it's 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 something that is it's iffy. You don't know if you want to do it, but I am I'm happy that we signed up to this long term deal. Twelve point five million a year. It, I, I guess it's a slight overpay for what running backs are able to do now. But I mean, he is our identity, especially this next season. He's not eating into our cap too much. Um, you know, he's he's getting paid about seventy five percent of what Christian McCaffrey's getting paid, and um, I would say he's about seventy five. He can. His production's about seventy-five percent of Christian McCaffrey's. Yeah. I, I would I would liken it to that a little bit. Um, I it could be a slight overpay, but I think he is our offense. And I mean, being a Titans fan, you know, you want to pay your guy. So I love it so much. I'm so happy it's done. But in the grand scheme of the NFL and the environment and the state it's in, you know, maybe maybe this isn't the smartest idea. Maybe I, I can see how other analysts perhaps wouldn't understand it. Um, but being the homer that I am, um, I enjoy, I enjoy it. He's, he's, he's in the top five for running backs. Now he's still getting paid less than Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. Um, That's and crazy. Can, yeah. And then Zeke and Christian McCaffrey round out those one and two spots. Um, but I, I think it's going to be, it's a really solid deal. Um, this, especially this next season, he's not into eating to our cap much at all. Um, we can maybe sign Clowney or something else, uh, someone else, maybe Everson Griffin, get some veteran help and get some veteran pass rush in here that can maybe uh, propel us into that next level of defense. So um, overall, I like the deal. Um, I'm happy it got done. He's he's one of the few people who actually got a deal done on their franchise tag. So good on him and the Titans front office for working out that deal with their star running back. Um, and I'm really excited to see what Derek Henry is going to do for this team in the coming years. Uh, what do you think about it, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you have to pay Derrick Henry. He is the Tennessee Titans. And even though signing the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is maybe the most important signing uh, you would think, I really think that getting Derrick Henry locked down is the most important because despite how good Ryan Tannehill was, I don't think any of that success of that offense would have happened without Derrick Henry. So getting Mm -hmm. him... Locked down is when you've got the cap, there's there's nothing wrong with it. You've got the room for it, so keep the man. And it ends up being a very team-friendly deal through these next couple years. So mm-hmm. um, it's a win-win, really, for everyone. And another thing that I was looking while we had our topics list is something that we haven't talked about yet. Cam mm-hmm. Newton is a New England Patriot, and we haven't talked yes. about that yet. That's- so... Um, <laughs> That's pretty pretty big, and I really didn't see him going to New England. I'm not surprised, but at the same time, I am. That wasn't really something that I thought. I wouldn't have thought that Cam Newton was the type of quarterback to fill in Tom Brady's shoes, but uh, if anyone can get the most out of Cam Newton, even if he's not the Cam Newton of old, it's going to be Bill Belichick that figures out how to get that offense worked around Cam Newton, get Josh McDaniels going in the right way with Cam Newton in whatever way that we see him on the field, whether he is back to being the 
elite rusher that he used to be. Or maybe he really has become more of a pocket passer, which I don't particularly see. But if there's any team where he can really step in and be successful, it's the New England Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think it's it's really. I mean, it's crazy. He's he's making less money than their second round pick this year. Yeah. He's they signed him to a very small deal, um, and it's it's one hundred percent going to be worth it, no matter what he ends up showing. You know, he's making what he's making about a hundred thousand dollars more than perennial journeyman backup Brian Hoyer. So it's like might as well sign this guy and. Um, yeah. He's, he's making such a little amount of money, and I think his upside is still through the roof. I mean, especially if you look at what he did really well during his eight-game stretch at the beginning of 2018 when they went 6-2 and two, when the Panthers were on the they're on the fast track to, I mean, possibly winning the NFC South, being serious contenders for that season. Um, when, when that was occurring, you know, when it was all funneling through McCaffrey and um, who else they had there, Cam Newton's best things were the short passing game. The short passing game and then right. being able to – run run when it was you know off schedule do these off schedule runs it, it wasn't these home run hits he was doing all the time in 2015 when he won the MVP but he was hyper efficient it was it was the most efficient eight games of his entire career um, he had about 15 touchdowns four interceptions and it that's the exact kind of offense that he's going to end up being in in New England and it's going to be right. they're going to be using him to his maximum efficiency and I can't wait to see what that's going to be like with hopefully a whole season of healthy play from Cam you know, he's, he's finally got his shoulder right, hopefully. And um, it's it's going to be so interesting to be able to see him in this hyper-efficient offense where he's going to be able to dump it off to Julian Edelman and James White and Rex Burhead and all these other really solid players who are really going to fit into his style. And, you know, maybe throw some deep passes to um, Nikhil Harry every now and then when he can. You know, it's it's going to be a really interesting offense. And it's, it's going to be these things that Tom Brady did so well last year. But then also, I mean, they're going to be able – in, in his words, you know, he I think he put it on uh, Twitter or Instagram. He did an interview and he said, you know, you're going to be able to do some things that you haven't been able to do with yeah. me. Then you couldn't do it with Tom Brady. And he can still run. He can still do these things. He might be a little more protective about it now. Maybe get out of bounds a bit earlier. Maybe not go for those extra yards like Superman used to. But, um, I mean, that's the right thing at this point in his career. And if he right. can just keep that hyper efficiency up. And I know Josh McDaniels will, of course, play to his strengths because he's such a good offensive mind. It's it's really going to work out. It's going to be a really good marriage. And, um, I mean, I, I have no doubt that the Patriots are going to be back in the playoffs now. You know, it's, it's, yeah. if, they, if Cam Newton's playing, even at that time, you know, his eight games in 2018, which is when we really saw the, the new type of way Cam played, if he plays anything like that, he's, they're, they're set up for a mountain of success. Yeah, I exactly. cannot wait to see that to happen. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what happens. And, you know, people, I, I do believe that Cam Newton deserves much more than what he's getting with this, but it's it's the ultimate prove it deal, and he's yep. guaranteed seven point five million, and he's going to a team that even if he doesn't look fantastic, no one had high expectations for the Patriots going in this year. So if he doesn't look great the excuse can be well maybe the patriots were just bad but if he is great he's like he stepped in for tom freaking brady and the patriots were just as if not more successful there is nothing that cam newton gets out of this that's bad and i i love the situation for both teams both 
the Patriots can make moves. Maybe they make a move to get Jadavion Clowney. Um, I know that would kill you, but... Um, <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, I mean, they've got just a lot of things they can do with a cheap quarterback, and it's very scary to see. So the next guy on our list that we had was Shaquille Barrett, who signed his franchise tag, but with the exception that he be considered a defensive end and not an outside linebacker. Uh, how do you feel about this? Um, I mean, you, the, the, the clubs are always going to go for the, the less um, cap-heavy franchise tag so they i mean they, they put all the def- all the defensive ends got signed as a linebacker in this you know they just need to make the edge classification and be done with it um because right. that that's i mean that's really what it is now the, their edge players whether it be a, a three four outside linebacker or a four three defensive end you know it's it's they're they're just they play the edge and they yeah. set that edge and um that that was actually the say you know shaq barrett i mean i think they'll end up doing um Maybe end up meeting in the middle. There's a pre- they kind of set that precedent. Um, Matt Judon down in. Well, we were going to talk about him a little bit, but they um, that Matt Judon over in Baltimore. Um, he signed his franchise tag too, and they they decided to compromise on the halfway point between defensive end and linebacker. So he'll be making 16.8 million. Um, and I I likely see that as the route that the Buccaneers are likely to go down with Shaquille Barrett. Sure. Um, he he had a crazy um, a crazy season being a full time awesome. starter finally you know he showed some flashes when he was there in Denver um, but sitting behind uh, Shane Ray and Vavon Miller and stuff um, they just they didn't they didn't play him that much the Colorado State I think he was undrafted um, Shaq was um, but he he finally had a crazy season 19 and a half sacks six forced fumbles um, he had a really impressive season and I mean they did the right thing by franchise tagging him I think because you. That this is the exact reason the franchise tag exists because he he's only had the one breakout season so you want to see if he can repeat it. Um, but even if he does, he's going to command about twenty million a year. And I mean, if you can get another season of this kind of play from him, it's like that's a re- this is their Super Bowl window right yeah. now. It's this year, next year, that's it. That's all they're going for. So if uh, if they can do that, then um, his the franchise tag will be well worth it. But I, I get that he's going for that middle ground. Um, sure. it makes sense. But yeah, happy to sign that tag. Oh yeah. Point for that defense. Yep. Um, smart move for both teams. Um, Shaq, I think, would have gotten paid had he hit the open market. But yeah. I'm not sure if it would have been up to that, uh, the $16.5 million or whatever it is that the franchise tag is. Yeah, if he wants, again, like Cam Newton, if he wants, you know, to show that he's as good as he is, but also... If the team struggles a little bit, you can just credit it to the teams not being that good. You know, maybe the offense is terrible. We They won't be, but, you know, in that off chance that, you know, this offense can't stay on the field and the defense is tired, it's a win-win for Shaq Barrett. It's a win for the Bucs. Um, he's going to be wanting to prove it and go either get the big bucks from the Bucs or hit the open market and get paid like a madman if he gets another 19 and a half sack season yeah. so Kenyon drake is on a franchise or transition tag yeah transition tag yep i i like the transition tag a lot personally yeah um, yeah yeah that's one of my favorites that's what kyle fuller was on and i like it just because it gives it shows that hey we're willing to let you go but we also want you 
So do with it what you will. You can see what you're worth, what you're worth, but at the same time, um, if we don't feel you're worth it, you're gone, man. And there's uh, compensatory picks, I believe, that are with that too. But I'm not sure on that because I don't remember since Cal Fuller is obviously still a Chicago Bear. But at the time mm-hmm. of that, I knew all the specifics of the transition tag. But I like it because you know that there's a good chance that you might lose that player, but you don't feel like you're tied down to the player with the franchise tag. You really get to see what that next season would look like um, financially for your team. I like the transition a lot, and I feel like it's completely underutilized. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And I think it was a very good thing to use on Kenyon Drake here. Um, because I mean, he had a really good season with them down the stretch and it's like, we would love to bring you back because we, we like what you do. Um, but at the same time, Chase Edmonds did show out a decent amount, their backup. I mean, he had some good games in there. Um, so it's like, maybe we can make do with this guy, but we really want to have you back. Um, and it, it, I, I think this is a good, this was a good choice for him. Um, they have until this Wednesday. So the 22nd of july to sign a long-term deal i'm not sure if a long-term deal is going to get signed here um but i overall i it's a good tag it's a good use of a transition tag i definitely agree with you here um they didn't want to like a melvin gordon situation on their hands or anything um but uh yeah i kenny drake he he got away from adam gase and that stagnant dolphins team and suddenly he was a great great uh running back who would have thought um yeah right but yeah yeah i feel you i feel you there but then uh Next up here on our list, we got a uh, Bud Dupree, the uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he has signed his franchise as, franchise tag as well, um, and much like Shaq Barrett, he is um, hoping to be considered as a, de- a defensive end and not as a linebacker. Um, I I absolutely um, see this going the same route as Matt Judon. I just think that's a good precedent um, until they until the NFL finally bucks up and makes an edge delineation for franchise tags. Yeah. Um, but right, yeah, that's. He, he's, he's a really solid player. Um, first round pick a few years ago, I believe. Um, and he finally, yeah, 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 yeah. And he finally, you know, showed out this year during a during a contract year. He finally had a really good season for the Steelers. Um, that's a good franchise as you a franchise tag usage there. Um, and I, I hope I hope to see them eventually get a long term deal done next year. They have a really solid defensive line down there. Um, they have for a while. So um, yeah, what what do you think there? Yeah, I think that this is exactly why you have the franchise tag is for guys like Shaquille Barrett and Bud Dupree, who are kind of productive. You know, Dupree's averaged around like five sacks a season um, up until just this past year when he got the 11 and a half. So it's another, hey, you proved it on the last year, but we want you to prove it again to see if, you know, it was a fluke. Um, We've seen where, you know, players will have a really good season and then get the big contract and not be that same player ever again. And um, I'm kind of thinking along the lines of like Albert Hainsworth and things like that, um, where they hit the open market, get the big bucks, and then they're not the same player. So uh, having two prove it seasons because of the franchise really shows you what kind of guy that you're going to get. And I feel that, Bud Dupree is in a really good situation with Pittsburgh, you know, going alongside TJ Watt, arguably one of the best edge rushers in the league as well. So 
good situation for him and a smart move by Pittsburgh. We have Anthony Harris, who signed his tag safety for the Minnesota Vikings. And another really good tag. I love what him and Harrison Smith are able to do alongside each other. And um, he had a fantastic season just this past year. And I really hope that they can get a long-term deal. I'll even say that as a Bears fan, that I hope they can lock him down because he's just the heir apparent to Harrison Smith. Once Harrison Smith's done, who's just going to be the heart and soul of this defense alongside Neil Hunter. And you can't let a guy like that go. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, I, I would think they wouldn't let him go. But at the same time, the Vikings are one of the in one of the worst positions in the league when it comes to cap space right now. I That's get why true. they franchise tagged him. Um, I mean, he's been a good player for him. But this year, especially, he really showed out. He, he, was, he led the league in interceptions or at least tied for it. Um, and he just had an outstanding season, especially for an undrafted guy. Um, a few years ago, he's he's he had a he had an exceptional season this year. Um, and I just they're already paying a good amount of money to Harrison Smith, and I just I just don't really see them paying another safety. It's all it's 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 hard to sign two high contracts to two safeties because you know it safeties are almost in that sphere where it's like oh a transcendent one is awesome, but how much more are they helping your team than an average one? You know, it's right. like Derwin James and, and Jamal Adams, you know, those are guys where it's like, hell yeah, this is, this, this is transforming my defense. And Anthony Harris, what I think is really amazing. I mean, that, that top tier of safeties, I believe is only like three or four players. And Absolutely. Anthony Harris is still amazing and great, but he's not in that, that elite tier of safeties. He's really excellent, um, but he's one step down. And I think, I, I don't believe the Vikings will sign him. I think they definitely should, if they could, um, but I do not think he will be signed um, after he gets some of this franchise tag. And I think he will be one of the, if not the premier free agents next year um, in the in the 2021 um, free agency class. So um, Anthony Harris, I mean, he was a big name that people were wanting on their team for this year. Um, and they, they tagged him so that all the hype went away. But um, I think there's a lot of there will be a lot of hype for yep. whoever gets Anthony Harris next year, especially if he repeats what he did this season on any type of level. So um Good, good franchise tag here to hope to maybe contend another year for a Super Bowl or so. But um, I just I, I can't see it in the cards for Minnesota to um, sign him to a long term deal sure. after 2020. We have a very good player who signed a franchise tag up next. One of my favorites that I've been had the that I've had the pleasure to watch over the past few years is AJ Green. He signed mm-hmm. his franchise tag with the Bengals. And I really think that this was just this was whatever AJ Green wanted to do is what the Bengals were gonna let him do. And I I like it. I think that AJ Green wants to stick around but won't keep himself there long term just because he wants to see what Joe Burrow's all about. If Joe Burrow is really the truth. The Bengals and him couldn't get, you know, a long term deal worked out. AJ Green's had some injuries over the past couple of seasons. So it works out for the Bengals in the event that AJ Green, you know, continues to have some nagging injuries. Works out for AJ Green. He can kind of see where the state of the Cincinnati Bengals is with the new Joe Burrow era, which I don't foresee Joe Burrow, you know, even being remotely bad. That guy's the truth. But 
it, it works out for both sides just for the fact that they're both kind of seeing where each other is. And I think that that's why it's a unique situation for the franchise tag um, where it's not necessarily a financial one. I feel like it's literally just both sides trying to gauge what the future looks like for each side. And it's an it's a really good franchise tag, just very different, I feel. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you. Um, I absolutely um, could see, you know, a long-term deal getting done after this year. Um, but I, I think Adrian wants to be a Bengal for life. He likes it there. Um, he, the, the, everyone loves him, you know. Who, who doesn't what Bengals fan out there does not love them some AJ Green but yeah right. I I see what I totally see what you're saying they're they're going at it from the the view of um <clears throat> excuse me but from the view of we gotta we gotta see where you are you want to see where where Joe Burrow is and the offense is um and I do think it's gonna it's it's gonna be very beneficial for both teams to get to see where they are um, because I I think AJ Green will have a good season. Um, I don't think he's gonna, maybe going to eat like he used to. Tyler Boyd's a really good player. T. Higgins Tyler is Boyd's, great. Yeah, yeah. They, they have some other really good wide receivers to go with AJ Green, and um, I, I, his stats might not be crazy like they used to be. But I mean, bringing him back on maybe a lesser contract, um, if if Tyler Boyd breaks out a little bit more, if T. Higgins has a good year, um, but just to stay there with the Bengals, you know, I mean, he, he's he's 31. He's entering the twilight of his career, um, or he's 30. Well, he's 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 in his 30s. You know, he's getting up yeah. there. But um, he's in, he's entering this kind of the twilight of his career for receivers, um, and just to get to stay with a, a place and a team that you know so well at a good price, um, even after this year, I, I think it'll go a long way. That offense with Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, um, that that new and improved up and coming offensive line, I think it's just overall going to be a good place for him to stay. And I think the I think the franchise tag was a good a good deal for them there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely dude. And Hunter Henry also signed his tag. And that's another one that I really like. If he's healthy, Hunter Henry can absolutely just go off this season. And what a target for future quarterback Justin Herbert, whether or not we see him this coming season or not, um, really depends. But I really feel that Hunter Henry has a potential to be one of those top 10 tight ends in the league. In potentially a top five, depending on you know who's who's who anymore. Um, once some of these older guys are out of the way, like uh, your Greg Olsons, your Rob Gronkowski's, guys like that. But I really love Hunter Henry. I loved Hunter Henry coming out of college. I think that he's a phenomenal talent, but has had a, a little bit of struggles with injury, um, some struggles just because you know Philip Rivers wasn't Philip Rivers by the time. Hunter Henry was around, and I don't know, uh, good use of the, another good, I mean, all these tags really, when I'm looking at the list, are just good uses of them this year, none that you're just kind of scratching your head and thinking, mm, I'm not sure about this guy, but um, I don't think Hunter Henry's worth signing for a long term just yet, but we'll see where he's at physically this year. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah, that's, that's, I agree. That's one of those things where it's like he just has not stayed healthy. Um, but when he has been healthy, there's a, there's been a lot there that's been very impressive yeah. and a lot to a lot to behold and hope for. Um, uh, playing with you know uh, a really great quarterback down the stretch there with uh, Rivers, splitting some time with Antonio Gates every now and then um, at the beginning of his career. Um, Hunter Henry, that is. But yeah, it's 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 a good franchise tag. Um, 
So we'll see if he can finally get it together and then they can sign to a long-term deal down the stretch here. Um, but now we're heading to another AFC West team um, who whose franchise tag uh, Chris Jones, that's the Kansas City Chiefs after the bombshell of a deal that Patrick Mahomes got. Um, Chris Jones um, signed his franchise tag and, um, and then they ended up getting him signed to a long-term deal um, sometime last week. Um, and this deal includes, uh, what is it here? It's an $85 million deal over four years, um, $5 million of incentive. $5 million of incentives are tacked on at the end there. So he was going for about $20 million a year. Um, so he got that out of it. He's he's getting paid a little less than DeForest Buckner, I think. I do not think he um, he broke that. Um, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's making a little a little less than Buckner there. He gets $37 million in guaranteed salary and a total of $60 million guaranteed in case of injury. Um, the Chiefs did not have much cap space to work with, but the Patrick Mahomes deal, I believe, actually um, gave them more cap space. And then um, at the same time, he's only making a little bit more than he would have been making on the franchise tag this year. Um, so it they were, they were able to work with him. They were able to lock down their one of the best, I mean, probably the second best defensive tackle in the league. There's an I'd argument so. to be made for a few guys. But, um, I mean, it's, it's obviously Aaron Donald at one. But Chris Jones is a very solid number two. He stepped up his run defense this last year, which he, is what he had been lacking the most in. Um, he's always been a great pass rusher. That's that's what he that's his bread and butter is getting to the quarterback. But his run defense, um, it got a little better this year. Still a lot to be desired for a twenty million dollar man. Um, but he that it's a great deal. Um, he's he's an exciting defensive player to watch. Um, just getting the pressure from the interior is something that not a lot of teams can say they have. And um, the teams that do have them, they win football games. Um, and Chris Jones staying on this team for a long time is going to be a very good thing for the Chiefs. Um, locking up two crazy franchise corner yeah. uh, stones like this in the last two and a half weeks is, I mean, what's Veach doing? What What's in the water in Kansas City? Veach is doing an amazing job, and um, I, I like the deal. It's solid, and Chris Jones deserves to get paid all the money he can. So, Yeah, yeah. I've got nothing else to really add to that. Chris Jones is one of my yeah. favorite guys in the league. Um, yeah, if he can just step up his run game even more, this deal is absolutely a perfect deal for the Kansas City Chiefs locking down your heart and soul of your offense locking down your heart and soul of your defense and just continuing to build around them for years to come uh, there's talk of maybe the Kansas City dynasty and they're doing the right things to at least get that started here with signing Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes to long-term deals uh, it's an exciting time if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan another team to be excited about is the Ravens who locked down Matt Judon for his franchise tag, which we talked about earlier was a compromise between the defensive end and outside linebackers. Um, I don't really know much about Matt Judon, but yeah, based on his stats, it looks about right to get that franchise tag on him. Uh, decent production, um, a little inconsistent. Four, eight, seven, and then nine and a half for sacks. Um, he is a defensive end uh, listed on Pro Football Focus or Pro Football Reference. My bad. Um, and he started zero games his first season, twelve, eight, and sixteen. So. He played in 16, each of them, but has never really been the star starter until just this past season. So now that he is a starter, a lot more production. That's kind of when you use that franchise tag, like we've talked about for the whole episode. Um, another prove-it year. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I you you did you. I, I see this one a little bit. Um, I, like you said, there aren't any like totally egregious things on here. Um, I guess maybe um, Matt Judon is one where I'd be like, eh, maybe you don't need to sign to a franchise right. tag. But at the same time, with the way. Everybody wants a good pass rusher, a good young pass rusher. I mean, he was probably going to make like 18 million, you know, make some Trey Flowers money or something. Um, and then, you know, it's it's kind of iffy because I mean, the the team he's playing around right now has so many good defensive pieces, and um, it's like if he would have signed a big deal like that and gone to a team where he was supposed to be the number one guy, I just don't think he would have done very well in that environment. Um, so this is another year for him to really work harder. You know, he's, he's going to be there with Kalias Campbell, um, Justin Metabuke, um, a few other players who are who are really good guys, good, good, solid players down there on that Baltimore D-line. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue, um, maybe grow a little bit more. Um, I mean, you know, like like his stats weren't otherworldly. Um but it's it's still it's still an all right use of the franchise tag um, with the Ravens who are able to they have the cap space for it and then the, the franchise tag going to miss here they let him walk next year and they'll probably get a third round comp pick um, yep. so they'll they're you know he's just he's playing the game um, the Costa he plays the game just like Roseman did um, so it's he's he's just gonna he's just gonna keep it going so um, yeah that's that's uh, that's all I got to say about Matt Judon there sure. And we're going down to the AFC South for Yannick Nagakwe. And this he did not sign his franchise tag. And statistically, he's kind of been all over the place in his career. Um, there's never really been true consistency, but you see 8, 12, 9.5, and, and then 8 for sacks. Um, four forced fumbles, 6 zero four so there's definite production there since 2016 but i don't know if i would say that yannick nagakwe is worth the apparent money that he is looking for but if they have the cap sure go for it i'm that kind of guy um but at the same time you know this is the least amount of qb hits he's had um, in his career, going from 33 in 2018 to down to 15 in 2019. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Yannick Nagakwe. I definitely think he's an above average uh, end, but maybe I just haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, um, Nagakwe is an interesting case. Um I think I think he was a definite candidate of the um, franchise tag and trade um, type of deal. Yeah, um, I, I really think that was what they were after here, um, and it just didn't it just didn't get to happen. Um, and I think one of the main reasons that didn't get to happen was because he tanked his trade stuff because he said he would not play for Jacksonville. He did not. He he refuses to play for Jacksonville. He will not play. Um, and I I mean I think the writings are all. I think the writings on the wall. I definitely think he will be leaving before the season starts. They have they have their rookie star in Josh Allen and then they drafted Clavon Chase in super high um this year at, at 20 and I mean that's that's he's a boomer bust type of prospect but um I I think if they play him um I think they're going to play him at defensive end which I don't know if is the best choice um but he's he's probably going to end up going there and I think Ngakwe is on the way out I've, I've seen some rumors about maybe a second round pick and a player and stuff like that but the Jags are really not in a rush to trade him because um, they have they have who they need, and 
it's not really going to make a difference this year. Um, their team's kind of in shambles. I mean, Ngakwe probably didn't play as well last year, partially due to a drive issue because that team was falling apart. There's no respect by the leadership of the team. And, I mean, that's you, you hate to see that. You know, you want a guy who's always going to play hard. And that's not an excuse for him to not play as well. Uh, but it's likely true. Um, playing for a kind of a bad franchise at the time, like the Jags, like I, I can see why he perhaps didn't play um, to his fullest like he did, you know, in 2017 when they were almost a Super Bowl team. Um, but it's it's one of those things. There weren't as many great players around him. He still had Campbell around him, but Fowler got shipped out. Um, uh, the 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 now Eagles defensive tackle he got shipped out the year before that, and I mean they're just kind of losing pieces left and right. Um, Tavon Bryan, their 2017 first round pick hasn't really shown to be that great or maybe it's 2018, but he hasn't shown to be that great of a player yet. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, but yeah, he didn't, he did not sign his tag and I, um, he will, he will be traded. Um, there's, there's almost no doubt in my mind he's going to get traded. I'm not sure for what yet, but, um, I don't think he'll be playing in Saxonville next year. If you still want to call him that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Yannick and Gokwe. Um, and then we're going to head to um, Dallas, America's team with Dakota Prescott. Um, so he signed his tag. He's getting paid around $30 million, um, almost 31 I think, this year. Um, I, I kind of think Dallas fumbled the bag a little bit here. Um, okay. I think they probably should have signed Dak to a long-term contract because, um, you know, maybe, maybe they should have compromised. He wanted to have a shorter deal. The – the team wanted to have a bit of a longer deal so he could maybe get back and get another big deal when before he hit 30. Um, so he was looking for a three- to four-year deal when the Cowboys were looking for a four- to five. But um, now with the signing of Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that's going to be the new floor at all because there's only one Patrick Mahomes. That's t- Deshaun right. Watson and Dak Prescott. They're not going to get Patrick Mahomes' money. No. But um, they, they're, they're still going to get a lot more now, even with – even though it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes' money, there's it, the floor is now higher though. It's it it has sure. gone up, and um, I think now they're going to be looking at maybe a 37 or higher average per year when it could have been something like 35, like three four year deal. Um, if they just want to compromise, you know, give him a three year deal, give him like I don't know 100 110 over three or a little more than that over three years, whatever 115 or so like. That that could have been workable, you know. But now it's going to be it's it's going to be way higher. Um, it's going to be a lot harsher on that front office. Um, I I think in order to do this, um, if I'm going to be honest, I think if C D Lamb shows out this year, I think Amari Cooper's getting traded. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, because um, Michael Gallup was an exceptional receiver this last year. They had a really good tandem, and um, I honestly think if C D Lamb lives up to his draft stock, I think Amari Cooper is going to be the worst receiver out of those three, which is really weird to That's say crazy. because Amari yeah. Cooper is a bona fide stud. But I believe it. Um, if Michael Cooper keeps this pace up, you know, um, I I definitely think that Amari Cooper could be uh, looking at the door or looking at getting traded for a first round pick again, like he did last year. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. Um, but I think. They should have signed Dak long term, um, but if they don't, if if there's some issues, I would love to see what Mr. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, can do with all of these weapons. This great offensive line with Ezekiel Elliott, I would love to see what he is able to accomplish. Because when he had all those kinds of weapons in Cincinnati, he was a fringe MVP candidate back in 2015. Yeah. So it's um, if if for some reason Prescott leaves in free agency next year, um, I think you could do worse than Andy Dalton. So. Um, 
that's that's my take on it. What do you got there, Alex? I I'm mm, I'm indifferent just to everything about this deck Prescott thing. Um, uh-huh. Deck is definitely not worth being paid as much as he wants to be. But in this day and age, if you have a franchise quarterback, you need to figure out a way to keep him around for as long as you can. And then Dallas could have done that just that, at least for the three to four years, and then have tagged Dak at the end of that. Um, again, to get into this kind of situation. But they didn't. And then by the time, you know, you see some of these Deshaun Watson contracts, um, I'm praying to God if he balls out Mitchell Trubisky contracts. Um, that's that's a that's a tag right there. That's yeah, it's, be a, it's tag. a tag. It's a tag that's for a tag. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another if he balls out another Cam Newton contract. Um, yeah, Dak Prescott had a chance, and the Dallas Cowboys had a chance to work something out that was the best of both worlds for them in this moment. But now. There's going to be a whole mess of quarterbacks out there next year that are looking for deals. And maybe besides Mitchell Trubisky, Dak Prescott is one of the worst of them. And he had a chance to be paid like a top quarterback. And, you know, let's say Deshaun Watson doesn't want to stay in Houston. Who would blame him? Um, (laughs) uh, If he's on the market... There's no way Dak's getting paid near the amount that Deshaun Watson will or oh. Cam Newton. And he's he's going to make more than Mitch would. But, you know, there's just this was his this was his time to get that contract that he wanted to be paid like a top five quarterback. But now that window's closing and it's closing real fast. Yeah. And and. The one other one other aspect of it is, you know, as much as we're bagging on him for how this went, um, you know, now overall Dallas is a competent franchise. Like overall, you know, it's, sure. it's not like it's it's not a bottom feeder. They they make they have good draft picks. They've had they've had success in the past. You know, I mean, maybe not recently, but they've had a lot of success over time, and they've done some really good things. They're they're a competent franchise, and you know, if if. If Prescott ends up leaving next year to see how much money he can get, he could end up at a place like Jacksonville where it's just like – sometimes players don't want to be in that kind of situation. You know, if Gardner Minshew doesn't show out, you know, they could sign Prescott to this huge deal. And then it's like, well, now I'm playing for Jacksonville instead of the Dallas Cowboys. And it's where would you really want to be playing? Or he could – I mean, t- the Texans could try to sign him. Another not very competent franchise at this at this moment in time, you know. And it's like – way he, I I would I would want to be signed by the Dallas Cowboys a lot more than a lot of other teams yeah. and um, it, it just definitely seemed like there was there was a mix-up here and they I just it, it kind of got screwed up and I I will say it wasn't only Dallas's fault I think Dak had some things something to do with it also but oh absolutely I, I this 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 was a hard thing to not get done and it sucks that it didn't get done because now it's it's a world of uncertainty for for him so we'll we'll have to see how that shakes out but it's it's not looking great in my opinion yeah um, one guy that I was really hoping would hit the open market signed his franchise tag in Washington. This was Brandon Scherf. Oh, dude. Yeah. If oh, oh my God. If he had hit the open market and Chicago didn't get him, I would have, I would have 
pooped all over Ryan Pace's yard. <laughs> but right. alas, Brandon Sheriff stays in Washington. Um, the no longer Washington Redskins. We'll add that into the conversation a little bit. Long overdue. Yeah. Thank you, Dan Snyder, which I'll never say ever again in my life. Yeah. But I bet you gotta go wash your mouth out with soap yeah, now. Come on. Yeah, no kidding. That's nasty. But um long overdue. We're just waiting on the team name, but Brandon Sheriff stays in Washington. He's one of the best players in the freaking NFL. I mean, good signing. Yeah, exceptional guard. Um, I'm. I mean, I get why they. I guess I get why they franchise him just so you don't got to pay him a crazy amount of money yet. But he's he's a just great guard, it. one of the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, so he's 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 already made three Pro Bowls in five years. Um, he's he's been a stalwart there. Um, I'm sure Daniel or not Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins is very very happy to have him there. Um, Daniel Jones would too, dude. Whatever, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. But um, it's just just another Iowa offensive lineman that's really good and has really lived up to his um his draft stock. So it's it's going to be awesome. To, I mean, good good signing. Good. They did a good thing. I would, I mean I would lock him down because offensive linemen are so hard to come by. Um, maybe they're just trying to see if he stays healthy. But even if he doesn't, um, he's he's one of the best guards in the league. So, um, yeah, you just you got you got to keep it up. So. And then, and then um, we're heading down um, to another safety that got another. They got a franchise tag, much like um, Anthony Harris. Um, he was this guy was in the same class as my favorite, one of my favorite players, Kevin Byard, and that's Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos, the third round guy. Um, he had an exceptional season this year. He showed up in that backfield. You get you got some no fly zone type of vibes from that. And um, Justin Simmons was a very good player for um, the Broncos this year. Um, and they signed him to this tag. I do think this is he's a strong candidate for getting a long-term deal after sure. this season. Um, I see them as a little bit more not as cap. Um, they, they're not as cap stretch right now. They want to keep a defense together when their offense is so bloody young. Um, so they're going to uh, – if Justin Simmons can keep it up like he did last year, just another solid safety. One, I mean, top 10 safety in this league. Um, so it's it. This is a good tag by them um, to see him replicate this kind of really good season he had this year. Um, he's he's been kind of under the radar the radar the last few seasons, um, but this year shot. was a really it was like a big media friendly like oh I'm this really good safety and uh, the media finally caught on that he is a really good safety. So that's Justin Simmons, the safety for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I like this um, tag a lot. Um, it- Justin Simmons came in as a strong safety and in these past two seasons has been moved to free safety and has excelled much more as a strong or free safety than he did as a strong safety. So it's that's an important thing. I mean, we've seen how Eddie Jackson was as a strong safety compared to a free safety. Not as mm-hmm. good. Still one of the best in the league. But I mean, right. it really matters if you're in the box or you're a free roaming safety and clearly Justin Simmons is meant to be a free roaming safety since uh, switching to that. He went from having 69 combo tackles, 50 solo and 19 assists to immediately jumping to 97 com 97 combo, 71 solo, 26 assists. The combo is obviously the, uh, total tackles but right um the immediate jump in production from going from strong to free and i think that under vic fangio's defense him having his eddie jackson 2.0 that justin simmons will just continue to grow and learn from one of the best d coordinators in the league 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. That I couldn't have said anything better myself, you know. But yeah, Justin Simmons is a great, great player. But yeah, the the likeness to Eddie Jackson, you know, Swift getting it was really good position in free safety and really showing out. It's very true. Um, and now uh, we're heading up to New England, where we got another interior offensive lineman in Joe Tooney. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I was actually he's a very good player. I'm but I'm surprised that they franchise tagged him because they have such good luck and good. They're so good at developing. Right. It's not even luck. They're just so good at developing offensive linemen, um, and uh, I just I can't see why it would have stopped now. You know, just just oh, who cares? This 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 guy's gone. He'll go play poorly for this new team because for some reason offensive linemen that play for the Patriots only play well for the Patriots. I'm looking at you, um, Nate Soldier, but um, you know, and then it's like oh, we'll just pick up this new nobody, this six round pick we got, and um, he'll just be really good. And they're just they they're good at getting these mid round offensive linemen, and then they just become starters from day one and they're yep. good starters there's never really been an offensive line issue in the patriots for the last some of years um so i'm surprised they tagged him because you know that he would have walked he would have gotten a ton of money would have been a, one of the top paid guards in the league they would have gotten another third round comp pick because they just play that system so well and getting comp picks um but i mean it's cool that they're keeping him around because he's a really good player um i'm just it's that this was just surprising to me i really expected him to hit the market and him to be one of the most sought after free agents of this free agency class yeah, I mean, that is usually the case with these New England Patriot offensive linemen is just to go get the money and not be as good because the system that Josh McDaniels has is so damn good that it just kind of masks them. The one thing that I found interesting about Joe Tunney, though, is not a single penalty last season. Oh, that's awesome. Unreal. And oh, that's exceptional. Only 18 in his entire career, so... Damn, um, that's awesome. And I guess if you're, you know, don't have a single penalty against you, keep him. Uh, right. Well disciplined football player, um, and will be hopefully extended long term and be the guy that they keep as a stall stalwart in that offense just to get mm-hmm. a build around. Because um, I feel like that's a necessity for an offensive line is to have at least one guy that you can really lean on to coach up the other ones. Um, like the bears had Kyle long um, and hopefully, you know, maybe Cody Whitehair can kind of step into that role of an emotional leader. So maybe that's what they feel that Joe Tunney is, is that emotional leader of that locker room. So, yeah. Um, we have one more guy on this list and it's not a guy I particularly know a whole lot about. Um, it's a name I know, but Leonard Williams. The, the guy that everyone wanted the Titans to take over, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah. Back in the 15 draft. Yeah. Um, I can't say I really know a whole lot about Leonard Williams, um, other than the fact that he's a Jet and... Uh, well, now a Giant. Oh, you're right. You're right. Now a Giant. Yeah, yeah see, I forgot mid-season. about that. Yeah, he got traded midseason. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Giants need all the help they can get. So, I guess good signing there. 
Yeah. Um. I yeah. I, it's it's interesting. He he hasn't been much of a pl- a great player. He had a good season in 2016, I guess, but he was anchored there right next to Sheldon Richardson, and that was right when Richardson was in his primity prime. Um. So I mean, that's a really good position for a, a younger, you know, second year defensive tackle to be in. Um. But since then, he has not shown much. Um, it's, there's kind of been a drive issue, you know, perhaps he just doesn't care that much. That's kind of what I've been seeing floating around. I mean, and the New York media is so, it's so harsh and they're so, you know, they're so unbecoming. So it's like, eh, maybe that's not really what it is, but, um, that's at least what I've heard. Um, it's going to be a sixth season in the league. I, I guess they want to see what more they can get out of him. But from what I've seen and, um, from what I've heard, at least, um, I've heard this wasn't a very worth it franchise tag. I don't know if he was going to get that much money on the open market. You know, maybe people were going to go for potential, but he's he just hasn't shown that much potential over the last few seasons. Um, So it's it's going to be interesting to see if he can finally, you know, get back up to snuff with the Giants. Um, But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I won't lie. Giants do need all the help they can get, especially on defense. That's a horrible defensive unit. But um, I just don't know if Leonard Williams is helping their cause very much. (laughs) Um, but uh, there was um, one more contract I wanted to talk about which I did not I forgot to put on the uh, Google Doc here Alex Um, we share Google Doc when we're talking about stuff but um, and that's the Miles Garrett contract oh Um, this this is huge this is is huge he's now the highest paid defensive player in the NFL Um, he signed a five-year 125 million dollar deal with the Cleveland Browns he gets a 21 million dollar signing bonus and um, what's that 100 million guaranteed Jesus yeah Whoa! Um, <laughs> I nuts. didn't realize that. <laughs> yep. Oh God. Um, but yeah, he has he has an average salary of twenty five million a year, making him the highest paid um, defensive player in the NFL. Did he, was it Aaron Donald or was it Khalil Mack? It was uh, it was one it of the was two. Khalil Mack. Um, okay, yeah, because I think like Khalil Mack beat out Aaron Donald, but like 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 five hundred thousand dollars or something. It was it was marginal, but he like he signed right after, so he got more money. Um, but yeah, so now Miles Garrett is. Um, the top played defensive player in the NFL. And I think I understand this. Miles Garrett is freaking insane. Um, he has all the tools. It's he's, he's such a good player. Um, so I, I get making him the highest played player. I, and oh, it's yeah. going to happen no matter what. I mean, so he, he probably would have had a almost, I mean, it was, things were looking like a sort of type of defensive player of the year type season for him this year. But then he went ahead and, uh, did some bad things to yeah. Mason Rudolph. Um, but, um, he's still worth this money. He's exceptional. And, um, We'll see. We'll. Oh, I'm. I'm sure he'll live up to this contract. So, uh, oh, what, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in ten games, ten sacks, um, eighteen QB hits, um, two forced fumbles. He was putting up some really incredible stats in just the ten games that he played, and then you know went off on Mason Rudolph and ruined what could have been a defensive player of the year, like you were saying, but. Really great signing. I wouldn't have wanted it any differently if I were the Cleveland Browns. Uh, keep your guy. So you picked him number one. You got a player. And I don't feel like that happens that often anymore, unfortunately, that the yeah. number one pick really becomes that franchise-changing guy. And Miles Garrett was that. And so we'll see what happens with Baker next year, though. That's the exciting Yeah. Game. That's a that's that's a. It, I'm not gonna say it's a make or break year for Baker, but it's certainly um you you really want him to have a good year next year if you're the Browns front office. I've, you just really really do. Absolutely. So, so yeah. 
those were all of the major stories that we had as far as signings go. Um, the season's still a little bit in the air. A lot of the players and the uh, have been expressing concerns, but we talked about that at the top of the hour that the NFL has put out a statement for that. Now, the college football season is still very unlikely. Usually that starts around mid-August, um, but things aren't looking good in the States if we have any international listeners. Uh, we're sorry that um, <laughs> things are the way that they are because of the Americas. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's an interesting situation, and hopefully... There is at least some kind of NFL. Um, I know baseball is going to be starting back up here in four days on Friday. So that's super exciting. The NBA is starting here soon. The NHL. I, I, what was yeah. that? I think I saw a game on tonight at the NBA, but I could I could be I could be tweaking. I don't remember here. when it was starting, but yeah, yeah I, I I may have seen one tonight when I was uh, I was just like, oh, is is this the NBA? Um, I think I saw an MLS game. They okay. all had their mask yeah. on at an MLS game, so I mean, yeah, I, I saw that. Sports, sports are getting back in the gear, I guess. So yeah, um, and then NHL is starting on Saturday the first, so we've got sports coming back. Um, it's I mean, the NFL is America's sport. So I'm sure they'll find a way to do it. Um, Maybe we won't see some of the big stars if they really feel like there's some concerns uh, over the coronavirus. So we'll we'll keep everyone updated um, once the season gets closer. Next week, we are going to be talking into something that Russell and I have been talking about very, very passionately over this past week. The (laughs) Madden NFL 21 ratings have come out mm-hmm. and they are horrible my friend yes they are um so we're gonna dive into that next week we decided mm-hmm. to do um these signings this week felt like a little bit better of a news week to do that for next week yeah. is there's not really going to be anything going on it's that time when teams get their breaks um before quote-unquote like otas we don't know how that's really going to work um because of the coronavirus, but I'm looking forward to breaking down some of these really, yeah, really egregious too. Madden ratings. So I can't wait. Yeah, we'll be we'll be going back to weekly content here now that um, now that stuff's ramping back up a little bit. We got we got plenty to talk about now. Um, so that's it's gonna be nice to get to talk a little bit more. Um, so that's gonna be awesome. But yeah, the, there are some really really bad Madden ratings, and it's just a really fun thing to get upset about. It's 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 a fun time because you know in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But man, it's so fun to get upset about. I I will not lie. Um, so that's gonna be a, that's gonna be an interesting and fun podcast next week. Um, we'll we'll hit the we'll hit some any news that happened. Maybe it'll probably be more minor stuff. We'll hit we'll hit those real quick at the beginning. Then hop right into matter ratings, Titans, Bears, and the whole the whole shebang with the rest of the NFL. Um, but yeah, this uh, hope you all enjoyed today's podcast. Um, I'm Russell, and uh, with my buddy Alex, we're not a normal football podcast, and we hope to catch you guys next week, same time, same place. See you later.